we found a, a picture in the pews last week. It says, uh, someone, a little kid drew this, uh, at Salem Alliance, you can get the gospel and fruit snacks. Uh, this, is, this is a good thing. Uh, this is a good thing. And uh, as we have been in this, uh, in this series, uh, Vintage Family, and kids have joined us, we wanted to uh, you know, bring a sense of normalcy to their lives as they're not used to being in the worship center with us. So we, we added the fruit snacks uh, dynamic to us. Ushers, would you come forward now and deliver the fruit snacks to everyone so they can uh, know the joy of what it's like to be in children's ministry. By the way, you could volunteer in children's ministry and get a fruit snack every week. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of the joys there. So kids and adults, grab a fruit snack out of there. This is the, the last week we get to do this as we're, in, we're wrapping up our Vintage Family uh, series you can open your fruit snacks. You can even eat them while we talk. And uh, just, if you could, just take your trash with you so that the, the operations guys let us do it again next year. Uh, so uh, just one of the fun things we've been able to do is we've been talking vintage family. Now, we've been talking vintage family since uh, the beginning of August and in our family gathers month. And uh, we, Steve and Janet Dangaren talked to us about uh, marriage and, and the expectations and the things we bring to married life. And Susan Garlinger talked to us about spiritual conversations in the context of family. Uh, Mike Jared talked about conflict. Um, how to how to handle conflict in in a in a godly manner and and conflict it, it, it kind of it's hard to deal with but it's it's actually healthy we're gonna we're gonna face conflict wherever we go and uh, so we need to learn how to how to handle conflict in a way that that glorifies God so Mike talked to us about that Brian Candelo I thought did a great job last week talking about being a uh, being a blesser. And uh, we got to, to hear about the power of words, and we saw his kids come up here and the things he says to his kids at night. And then uh, the, the Roth family talking about uh, the rite of passage that, that they uh, experienced with their kids when they turned 13, and uh, that was really, really powerful. And uh, so we, we've, we've seen this uh, uh, lived out, and, and we've heard it. Uh, and we're wrapping up our series, and uh, my wife Trina is here with me today because uh, we, we kind of just want to tell our story, and actually this is going to involve you because you're, you're going to help us tell the story um, as we wrap up this series. We, we want, as we've been doing it in most weeks, the pre-service texting, we want to give you the opportunity to ask us any question that you would want to ask about when it comes to, to being married, being a parent, uh, and, and living out the Christ life in that setting. So here's the deal. Um, there is a, a number that you can text to. The number is 22333. Uh, it's going to show up on, your, on the screen. And we'd love to have your questions and Trina has agreed to join me up here and, uh, and answer all of them uh, for you. Uh, but really, here's the deal. We just, we just want to open our lives to you. And, uh, and maybe you're in a season when you've got young kids, or maybe you're, your kids are teenagers, or maybe they're out of the house, or uh, maybe you're thinking about getting married and, and uh, you want to ask a question. We'd love to, to answer that. And so that number, 22333, because I can see a smile on TJ's face over here, that's actually going to be filtered by someone in the tech booth. And they'll, they'll throw some questions up on the screen that we would just, uh, we, we'd love to just be honest with you, with the highs and the lows, because we have not done everything perfect. Um, and uh, we just want to just be uh, open to you. But be, as those questions are being received, let me just tell you a little bit about our, our family uh, through some pictures. Uh, we were married July 20th, 1985. Uh, so there we are, 26 years of marriage. 
And we knew everything there was to know about being married at that point in time. Uh, or so we thought. Or we thought. Yeah. So uh, it's been 26 years uh, that we have been, uh, been married. We were married in Hood River, Oregon. Um, and at that time, I was working for United Parcel Service. And, and then two years later, we had our, our first, first child. So you can go to the next picture. Uh, this is Trina with our daughter, Bethany. Um, who is sitting somewhere in this uh, worship center right now. I won't tell you where. Uh, so you can ask her afterwards if we were honest. But this is our daughter, Beth. And, and when she was born, actually, we didn't know that if she was going to survive the first night. She had a lot of health issues. And uh, by God's grace, we're blessed to have Bethany as part of our family. And, uh, and, um, and, and so that was our, our, our first child. And then we had our second child, which was another girl. Now, this is Trina and I and out front of our church that we were attending in Northern California in, in Piedmont, California. I was working for UPS still at this time. And uh, Trina was, that's, yeah, that's why I have a tie on. That's the last time you see me with a tie. Uh, um, and so we were dedicating Brittany. Brittany was our second daughter. And... Uh, and that was 1989, that picture was taken. And then we, I, I, you've heard the story, I left UPS and we moved to Hood River, Oregon. I worked for a fishing tackle company. And so then we had our first boy. So this is our, our son, Chase. Um, and uh, um, Chase entered our family. And then shortly after that, uh, we had another uh, boy and his name is Cal. And so this is like two hours after uh, Cal has been born. Our, our two girls and Chase are holding Cal, excited to receive him into the family. I don't know if you'll tell the story of that birth because it's kind of unusual. Yeah, at, when um, right before Cal was getting born, uh, Steve was shoveling llama manure into our garden. And he looked in, and I wasn't at the table eating lunch any longer. And he said, you know, came into the bedroom and he's what says what's wrong and I'm like I don't know I just have a horrible stomach ache and he said I think you're in labor I'm like no no I just think it's gas pains I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna be okay he's like no I think you're in labor so he rushed me to the hospital and uh, we made it through the hospital lobby doors and onto the love seat and Steve delivered him so that's why he's black and blue because his labor was about 20 minutes from start to finish and Steve had nightmares for weeks after that about it. <laughs> so we thought four was plenty. I'll probably have the next one in the, the aisle at Walmart if I'm not careful. So four is it. Yeah, she literally said to me, uh, he's coming out. And I said, put him back in. <laughs> I, <laughs> we're not ready. So it was like 20 minutes of labor. So it was like, wow. So there's Cal, two hours after. He was one giant bruise for, uh, for about a month. Um, and uh, here's another picture. One of our, our family traditions is we would have dinner, and after dinner, uh, we would all just roughhouse and play, and the kids liked to, to ride Dad as a horse. And so you see Chase on the back of, the, of, of me there. He's crying because he doesn't like that position. He wants to be towards the front. Those of you who have kids, you know how this, this works. So Chase is on the back, and then there's Brittany, and then Bethany, and then Cal is riding up front. And that was just kind of a thing we did. We always were wrestling and, and having fun, and, and it usually ended when someone got hurt. Uh, that was normal in our family. Our kids uh, uh, started growing up, obviously, and, uh, and we, we took a couple of big jumps. One went into pastoral ministry. Never thought we were going to be uh, pastors, and, uh, but that's where God took us. And then this picture was actually taken in Hong Kong. Um, in 2004, Christmas of 2004, we have smiles on our faces, but that was a pretty tough year uh, where we 
pulled up our roots and everything and, 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 and left Kelso, Washington. We were pastoring a church there and uh, moved to Hong Kong to plant an international church. And uh, that was, it was a hard time for our family, yet a, a great time for our family. Um, it, it bonded us and brought us together, and uh, we still look back on that season with a lot of questions um, and yet can see God's hand uh, in that part of the journey. And then uh, our second daughter uh, got married four years ago, uh, right over here in Cedar Hall, um, and uh, she's, she married Ron, and uh, Ron, we love Ron, he's our son-in-law, and uh, it's been a great addition to our family, and just fits so well. And then Ron and Brittany had a daughter January 8th of this year, so this is our, our little granddaughter, Finley, who's eight months old. This, is, this was at Ikea, we just saw this bin full of soccer balls, and so we threw it, and uh, I took a picture, and um, she seemed like she was pretty chill with that whole experience, um, enjoying that. So, I mean, there, there's just some pictures, and so, our, I mean, we're, we're at this, we've come to this season where, you know, we've been married 26 years ago and had four kids and, and some significant, you know, career changes, job changes, um, and one leading internationally, and uh, now we're here at Sam Alliance, uh, and been here um, six years, I think it's been six years, maybe almost seven, and... Um, it's, Salem has been such a wonderful place for our, for our kids and our family. You've been so gracious to us here. And, and now we're starting this new season of being grandparents. And uh, it's, it's a little bit weird, uh, but good, really good. And we're, we're enjoying that. So that's just a little bit of our, our, our journey. And uh, your experience may have been worse than our experience has been. Or your experience may have been better. Um, and this is just sort of our story. So as we answer your questions, uh, we're just giving you a little bit of insight into how we've been, uh, how we've handled marriage, handled parenting, and uh, curious to know how we could uh, just open our lives uh, to you as we answer these questions. So let's throw them up there, um, and we'll find out what... Okay, how has your marriage changed you individually? That's a great question. Go ahead, honey. Sounds like one our daughter probably did. <laughs> Oh, my word. Yes, this is from our daughter, Bethany. Um, how has it changed us individually? Um, I, I was pretty selfish when I went into marriage, and I, think, I thought I had it figured out, and I thought he should be a lot like my dad and know how to fix the kitchen sink when it leaked and know how to fix the car when it needed oil. And um, so I came in with a lot of expectations. And... Um, how it's changed me is I learned to die to myself and my expectations and um, be in a relationship that we served one another. And it doesn't mean that my identity was lost. It was enhanced. And when it talks about um, the married couple becoming one, you really do. Um, you can have your own identity, but your, your bucket look, list looks a little bit the same. You may have different things on that bucket list, but you're headed in the same direction and um, that's been fun. It's been fun to journey together. Um, it hasn't always been easy, but it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just say that change has been huge. Um, marriage is one of, one of God's tools for spiritual formation. Uh, having kids will, will form you spiritually one way or the other. Uh, it, it, I mean, I, I feel like we're, we're just, I mean, for me personally, I feel like I'm a, a completely different person. Same thing. I brought in all the, the expectations of, of how I was going to be served and adored and bowed down to every day. Um, 
yeah, that didn't last very long. Um, but you, you, do, you bring in all this stuff with you and all your expectations. And, and you know, obviously family of origin things. Um, I, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, my, my parents are missionaries. So, yeah, I could, I could lead someone to Christ. But I'm, I don't know how to fix the sink. I mean, I don't know. I, I, all the practical stuff I didn't know. And her dad's so handy. And, and that brought conflict uh, into our marriage. And I think it's just, it's just um, marriage takes a lot of humility. It really does. Um, parenting, uh, life takes a lot of humility, um, and I, I think for me personally, uh, I came into the uh, into our marriage with so much pride, and I I still believe that God is teaching me what it means to to serve uh, my wife and my and my my kids, my family with with humility, um, and it's very easy to get drawn back into the. Well, um, look at me. I deserve this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not only the, the husband, I'm the pastor. Uh, and uh, that doesn't fly in our family, just so you know, uh, or anywhere else. Uh, but humility has been a, a big thing for me to learn. When we were first married, uh, Steve came from boarding school, and um, I noticed that like some of his clean shirts were in the laundry. And I'm like, honey, did you wear this? He said, no, it's wrinkled. I'm like, what? He said, well, in boarding school, if it was wrinkled, I just threw it in the dirty clothes, and it comes back pressed. I'm like, uh-uh, not in our house. So that, from that I, point I, on... What's the problem? <laughs> from that point on, he has done all the ironing, and he's really good at it, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which explains a lot of the clothes and why they look the way they do. Uh, hey, scroll next question up there. Oh, that's it. Okay. Here we go. Which child do you like the best? <laughs> uh, well, a couple of them are here this weekend, so I'll just go to the next one. You know, hey, here's the deal. Uh, every one of our kids is so different. Uh, it is a, it's amazing. And, and, and I think early on as parents, surprising how different our kids are. And so as, as parents... Boy, you have got to learn how to relate uh, and learn how to love on your kids, not for who you think they should be, but for who God has created them to be. Um, and uh, so in that, that, that has been a great journey in and of itself. And so um, it, it is, I love every aspect of who our kids are. Um, in fact, as a dad, what I try to do is try to call that out of each one of them and empower them uh, to be who God's created them to be, not empower them to be like I want them to be. Um, I think it's a, it's a huge mistake. So I think for us in this season, we can sort of step back and, and take joy in just how, how uniquely gifted uh, our, our children are. So the right answer is we love them all. Uh, most days, most days, yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> How has it been with the challenges of raising four kids overseas and in all raising them up to be strongly devoted followers? Uh, how has it been with the challenges of raising them up overseas and probably here in the U.S. and strongly devoted uh, followers? 
Um, Don Bubna uh, mentored us when we were first going into ministry uh, at Hood River Alliance, and he was such a great example uh, to us um, to include our children in the call of God on our lives and in their lives. And, um, you know, the question last service was, you know, what did family devotions look like? And I've kind of felt guilty, like, ooh, we didn't have a family devotion night. Yikes, maybe we should rewind the clock and Mm -hmm. do that. But we lived out the Christ life every moment of every day, and our kids are eternal, and sometimes we forget that, and we lose sight that it is all about Jesus, and so whether we're walking and looking at how a leaf is all veiny and amazing and comparing that to how God's created them and how he knew them before they were even born, that all their days are ordained by God, um, I just found joy in even in the challenges, um, just pointing them to Christ. I remember one time one of our teenage daughters said, does everything in life have a Bible verse? And I thought about that, and I'm thinking, yeah, I I think it does. (laughs) So, you know, even in the tough moments where um, we didn't like what they were doing, but we still love them, um, they knew that this was our foundation. Every challenge, every joy has its foundation in God's word. And so I think that's how we've lived our lives. Not perfectly, boy, by any means. In fact, we, one of the questions last, or last night was, what do you regret? And I, I regret not saying I'm sorry enough. Um, I came from the generation that daddy was always right and you didn't ask questions. And I, I brought some of that into um, our family, from my family of origin. So even in those challenges, you know, we need to ask our kids for forgiveness when we blow it and realize that they're not the only ones guilty. Um, sometimes mom and dad are. Yeah, and, and, and while we didn't like to have devotions after dinner every night for a half hour, well, we, we did have ongoing spiritual conversations. And I, I kind of sense they were uh, uh, organic. And, and we tried, obviously, we, we taught our kids uh, God's word. We, they were reading their Bibles. They were in Sunday school and, uh, and, and all that. We tried to bring as much uh, spirituality into our family as possible. And, uh, and one of the verses that really stuck out to me uh, is when Paul writes to Church of Corinth and he tells the church a pretty astonishing thing. Um, in fact, I remember the first time I read it in, in high school, I thought it was almost an arrogant thing that Paul says. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, uh, and I, what, a, what a bold thing to say to new believers. You just imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, and yet, I, I think that is what being a dad and a mom is in, in a family context. Um, you are, uh, yes, you're, you're, you're pouring the foundation of God's word into, but, into them, but you not only want to give them information and, and knowledge, you want to give them understanding, and that understanding comes by seeing it put to flesh. And so, as a mom or dad, uh, we never said this to our kids, but we did our best to, to imitate Christ so that they would have a model to live their life uh, after, and um, and tell you what, as parents, we really want to shape our kids' behavior. And I think what we did is we went deeper. We we went to, wanted to shape their hearts, um, and because we knew that once their hearts were shaped, then behavior would just and attitudes and the rest would just flow from that. And again, it, um, it's they aren't perfect. We're not perfect, um, but that's really been so. The challenge part is when you're in a really difficult situation and life is putting the squeeze on you, what's coming out? 
And so our kids saw the, the good, bad, and the ugly on, on what comes out. And, and we processed that stuff as a family as, as much was, as was prudent uh, for them. So uh, I think we just tried to be open and, and honest with that. That scripture that talks about the older women teaching the younger women how to love their husbands. <laughs> Is there something up there? Is Steve growing a beard and do you like it? <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do the beard one. Um, some, he said he got a, in a fight with a squirrel this morning, and that's why the beard. No, I don't like it. Um, but a couple, it's like kissing an SOS pad. <laughs> Come here. Um, but a couple of years ago, he grew a goatee, and for Valentine's Day, he gave it to me in a baggie. So... <laughs> It's a Christmas gift coming yes. in the works. <laughs> oh, but back to the, the older women teaching the younger um, and the challenges of marriage. Your kids are looking at who they're going to marry someday. And if you look at yourself in the mirror and think, I do not want that person as a son-in-law or as a daughter-in-law, um, it's you. I mean, they're looking at you as an example of who they're going to marry someday. So I, I think it's really important as we're imitators of Christ that we realize that our kids are, are looking for that next person, and they're looking to the mom and dad as that example. And they're learning how to become a husband or a wife just by watching you, which is frightening. Um, but then it, it's, there's accountability to that. Um, it's a good thing. Um, how did you know that she, he was the one God intended for you? <laughs> We so disagree on this one. Um, <laughs> tell them what you believe, and I'll tell them the right answer. Uh, no, no. You, <laughs> you tell them what you think, then I'll tell them the right answer. Uh, and then we'll let them vote and decide who's right. That's good. We could vote by texting. Uh, Steve believes. <laughs> wait, wait. You talk about what you believe. <laughs> uh, okay. I believe that God does have someone for you. Um, I believe that God handpicked Steve. I believe that. <laughs> but he doesn't believe like I was the only one. I wasn't like the only right answer, which I totally disagree. I was totally the right answer. <laughs> there is no one else out there that would have been a better oh wife. Gosh. For you. <laughs> oh. Am I wrong? Um, you know, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> well, here, here's the deal. Okay, I think sometimes you get locked in thinking there's just that one person out there for me, and if yes. I don't find them, then and then they take a left and I take a right, then I'm just lost forever. And uh, <laughs> and so, yes, I think God brings people together, but um, never mind. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that uh, <laughs> you shouldn't marry. <laughs> and she's right. Just listen to her because it's going to take me too long to explain this and I'm going to get in trouble. This okay. is where our theology yeah. is different in marriage. I just yeah. think there's a, there's a you know. <laughs> do we do marriage counseling? We do, yeah. It is kind of funny is that I was dating somebody, and my girlfriend pointed her out to me in college and said, uh, wow, is, she's cute, isn't she? And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, she is cute. And, uh, <laughs> and then she broke up with me. My girlfriend broke up with me like two weeks later, and so then I 
started uh, hanging around Trina and asked her out once, and she said no because she didn't think I was the right person for her. Uh, the true story is, is that I lived with a girl who had a crush on him, and I lived with her and had to live with her day in and day out, and she would have been really upset had I said yes. So after that, I just made myself available in places I don't usually frequent, like video games and pool tables, and um, he did get up the guts to ask me out again, so... Yeah. But I, we're like-minded. We both love Jesus. Um, how, how did, I mean, oh, what do you? What do you do as a couple? Oh, let's move on. That other one was hard. Good idea. We yeah. pray together every night. Yeah, we do pray um, together. And that's been fun. It's been fun to see how God has answered um, our prayers for our kids. Um, our kids don't even know the crazy things we pray for them and um, how God puts those things on our hearts and how he flushes them out through their lives. And um, it's just really fun to, to lift them up to the Lord and each other and all of you. I mean, you were all prayed for last night before we went to bed. And, you know, it's really our desire that our family, our kids, and all of you would just fall so in love with Jesus that it's just lived out every moment of every day. And um, we try to live that out in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we pray together. We, we talk to each other about what we're reading. Um, we have fasted together on some occasions for the church. And why you You're much it. better at that than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we've, we've just tried to... Some things we do together, some things we do separately, but we talk about. And um, I think prayer is probably the, the biggest one that we have done, uh, done together. And, yeah, for our kids. Uh, one of my girls prayed for me early on when they were a lot younger. We'd pray with our kids each night. And she would pray, dear Jesus, please, please help Daddy to love you more and more each day. And, um, and I remember experiencing a bit of a personal renewal and revival in my own life. And it, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, that's the prayers of your daughter. So we've prayed that over not only our kids, but we've prayed that over you. Uh, it's just a simple, childlike prayer uh, that, that you would love Jesus more and more each day. Um, so I think, I think prayer has probably been one of the biggest ways that we have spiritually um, you know, obviously your challenges, questions that we're having. Um, we've, I am, over the last 26 years, we've probably done three or four um, marriage conferences, and they've all been different, and that's just been really fun. We weren't in a place of crisis. Um, we were fairly healthy, but we just learned some great tools on how to handle conflict, on how to listen better, on how to be a husband and wife while you have small kids, and that's... That, that was really instrumental in both of our lives in just getting away the two of us. Somebody was watching the kids and we were able to listen and be poured into by somebody that was farther along on the journey. So that's been really fun um, Mm -hmm. looking back on those retreats that we did. It's been great. Um, We'll probably get time for one more, Greg. And then as a pastor's family, what kind of issues did you face with your children being in public school? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) I love public school. Um, And that's nothing against homeschool or Christian school because God calls each of your kids individually. But we are such a huge proponent of public school. And we learned early on, and this is going to be shocking to some of you, I, I learned it from a very, very godly man, that some of the best teachers are not Christians. And as sad as that is, it's true. But some of the best teachers are Christians. 
So knowing your kids, knowing how they're wired and what is best for them. Um, for our kids, they were a huge light. Um, I was a part of Moms in Touch um, at our elementary school in Kelso. We would bring baked goods to the teachers once a month. We'd bring in our bread makers and have the school wafting with fresh baked bread. And just about two months ago, somebody was up in Washington at a school conference, and the name of our Moms in Touch group uh, came up. And so what we had done that seemed so simple, loving on those teachers, um, has had a lasting effect in their lives. So I've enjoyed praying for public school teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're, we're pro-education, obviously. And where it happens, I mean, if it's homeschool, if it's Christian school, if it's public school, we just felt like our kids, um, we felt called to put them in public school. And uh, so some of the issues they face, it would be issues that wouldn't surprise you. I mean, they brought books home. They, I had my daughter one time chew me out because I was drinking coffee, which had drugs in it, caffeine. And, uh, you know, and uh, then they came home with, uh, you know, they, of course, they do the sex ed classes and that kind of stuff. And so there's all kinds of conversations that as a parent, you're really not ready for um, that when your kids are in public school, come to you um, quicker than you expect. And so what it, what it did for us is just, it just, oh, we didn't shut it down. I, I think most of the time we tried to engage in conversation with our kids, honestly, and as appropriately, if whatever age they were, talk about it. Um, and we, we have felt for our kids um, that this has been a way for them to, to integrate faith in their world. And so we have made the decision uh, from, from their, their youngest years to put them in that setting, um, and part of that comes from the destiny we believe it's on their lives. Um, now, that may not be the wisest thing for you. Uh, so you really need to, to, to listen and, and hear uh, what God would, would want for your kids. But for us, we just we felt like that was, was significant for the shaping of their own spirit, their own soul. And yes, that brought challenges. Um, but it also opened many doors for some really great conversations uh, w- w- with people. So, um, And I... Our oldest daughter, her probably toughest year was fifth grade, and uh, she had a teacher that uh, professed faith and um, just was really, really harsh. But um, we took her to Matthew 18 and said, okay, you need to go to your teacher by yourself first, and that didn't uh, resolve the issues. So then Steve and I went with her, and that didn't resolve the issues, and then we brought the principal in. And at that point, the, the woman was in tears, but to this day, she knows how to go one-on-one first and then bring the next person. But biblically, she was learning peacemakers in the fifth grade. So educationally, it was probably a lousy year. But character-wise, she learned so much on how to love the unlovable, how to be respectful even when it's somebody that is hard to respect. Um, so we even see in the tough times that God used that um, to shape our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with um, a couple verses out of Hebrews 12. It says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. And I just want to ask you, what is hindering your progress? If you, if you look at your life today compared to a year ago, I hope that you're a better coworker. I hope you have stronger friendships. 
I hope you're, you know, your parenting is growing, that your marriage is growing. And if it's not, is there something hindering your progress that you're holding on to that's keeping you from being who Jesus wants you to be? And some of those things maybe, you know, maybe go back to hurt that happened years ago. And uh, maybe there's bitterness that you need to let go of so that you can run that, run that race. Um, it, maybe it's, it's, you know, that, that uh, greed or maybe it's anger. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's just a work of the Spirit needs to happen in your own life of, of your identity in Christ, knowing that you are fully loved by God no matter what you do. Um, and, uh, but, but releasing that stuff so that you can be the husband, or the wife that God's intended you to be, to be the follower of Christ that he's intended you to be, um, to be the parent or the grandparent he's intended you to be, um, and just throwing off that stuff. And I find that in our journey, we've been, we've been tossing stuff all along the way. Uh, we came with bags fully packed into our marriage and, uh, and like you do on the airlines now, the weight limit is getting lower and lower, and you've got to strip more stuff off. And we, we, I think that's what's happened with us, is that God continues to refine us. Um, and there's, there's always a work of the Spirit that He is doing in us. And so we want to just challenge you to, to be that person as well, um, to, uh, to allow the Spirit to fill you and to do His work in you so you can run His race, no matter what role you, you might find yourself in.